Happy Friday to you. I'm Sarah Rupel, and you are listening to the Agent Survival Guide podcast. This is the Friday Five, our weekly list of five headlines you should know about. Number one on our list this week. In a fierce healthcare exclusive, Humana announced on Wednesday this week that they are piloting a brand new tech-enabled chronic care management platform. It's called Humana Care Support, and it will provide its members with access to a care team. And these support team members come from different health disciplines. Each team will include a nurse, a pharmacist, a social worker, and a behavioral health expert for a well-rounded care experience. Humana designed it this way to, quote, integrate the social determinants of health and value-based care into the personalized teams, end quote. Value-based care is where the industry has been shifting its focus, so this is in correlation with those efforts. Humana's pilot will be comprised of Medicare Advantage members with multiple chronic diseases, congestive heart failure, and diabetes. Those members will come from Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Kentucky to start, and according to the announcement, Humana will grow the plan over the course of this year. We'll be linking to that write-up in Fierce Healthcare as well as the Humana press release if you'd like to learn more. Number two, the COVID-19 vaccine rollout has begun across the country, but not without a fair amount of confusion and issues. By February 1st, almost two weeks after vaccination officially began, 29 states and D.C. had opened up their eligibility requirements to include people 65 and older. That was the case here in PA, and my parents thankfully managed to sign up for their first vaccine dose. But as I mentioned in a previous Friday Five, it was not an easy process, and it wasn't just my parents. My in-laws and other family members faced similar frustrations, News outlets have reported stories much like what I heard firsthand. Kaiser Family Foundation took a look at the data to see just how many older adults, those 65 and older, Medicare eligibles, have gotten the vaccine. And it turns out, many of them have not. The report breaks down states into age categories of vaccine eligibility. Some states opened up their vaccines to those age 65 and older. The others allow those age 60 and older to get the vaccine. And then there's one state, Massachusetts. They opened up their first tier to those age 70 and older. None of these states have hit the 50% mark of vaccinations as of February 8th. West Virginia topped the list of 65-plus states, with 34% vaccinated. Alaska topped the list for the 60-plus category, with 37% receiving the COVID-19 vaccine. Coming in last for the 65-plus category, Pennsylvania, with 10% getting the vaccine. And coming in last for the 60-plus category, Rhode Island, with 9% vaccinated. So clearly, there's some work to be done here. I will be keeping tabs on these numbers. I recommend checking out the full report to see if your state is on there and see where you're at. This could be a great opportunity to follow up with your clients about plans purchased during this AEP and start a conversation about the COVID vaccine. 
Are they trying to sign up and having issues? Do they have the technology necessary to sign up? If you can do anything to point them towards helpful resources, now is the time to do that. We talk about becoming a trusted advisor for your clients, and this is one of the many ways you can do that. No, you can't do anything about supply limitations, but you can help to educate your clients as far as their options and what to expect. Number three, while we're on the subject of COVID-19, the realization is setting in for me that we've been doing this work-from-home thing for almost a year. I don't think any of us were expecting this to be such a long-term situation, but here we are, and here I am with another article on tips that will hopefully make work-from-home a little bit easier. This one is from Inc.com with nine tips for 2021, as we are all coming to the realization that this is not a trend. A few Fridays ago, I talked about the fake commute, and just to recap, that's the idea of replacing your commute with something that can do the same for you mentally that your original commute did. For me, it was my time to center myself, get ready for the day, listen to podcasts, and drive for about 40 minutes. Now, It's the time I use for my daily workout, something I didn't think I had time for prior to the pandemic. During what is now a 60 to 70 minute time period, I center myself, get ready for the day, and yes, listen to podcasts while doing it. That was number one on the list, and honestly, I wish I would have known about that one sooner. The second thing on the list, ironically I suppose, is one that I did realize I would need immediately. Quoting verbatim, define your space. We found out we would be working from home on March 13th, 2020. It was a Friday. That night, I filled up my gas tank and wouldn't fill it again until about May, which is crazy. But the very next day, I picked up a simple folding table from Walmart. I was thinking temporary at the time and figured that once we were back in the office, we'd be able to use the folding table for crafts, or the occasional yard sale. I had no way of knowing it would still be set up, holding my laptop, monitor, and recording devices. I'm glad to have it, though, because it established a little workstation for me that previously I did not have. It's become the place to do work. I have a comfy chair to sit at, and I've decorated the space over time. Right now it's a mess, though, so if you want to see pictures of it looking a bit neater, You can check them out on Instagram at the Sarah J. Rupel. And then the last one I'll mention here is number six on the list in the article. Take breaks. I cannot emphasize this one enough. I still struggle with it. And on the days I don't take breaks, I feel it. Not going to lie. Simply taking a 10 or 15 minute break from what I'm doing lets me come back at it fresh or start on something else with a clear head. So important, and like I said, it is something I'm constantly working on. So if you want more tips on how you can get through this work-from-home season, check out that article in our episode notes. You will be glad that you did. Number four, switching gears to the tech side of things, let's talk passwords and password managers. LastPass. One of the leading apps for storing passwords recently made an announcement that they are changing their free version. If you use the free version on one device, good news, there will be no changes for you. 
If you use it on multiple devices, however, well, you will only be able to continue using it for free on one device moving forward. To continue using it on both your mobile device and your computer, that will now cost you $3 a month. Of course, there are free options through browsers like Google Chrome or even Keychain on Apple devices. That being said, though, there are other alternatives you can use. The Verge recently did a roundup of six alternatives to LastPass, so we will be linking to that article. Each suggestion outlines what's included in the free version, as well as what you'll get if you pay, so check that out if you'll be affected by the changes to LastPass. In the article, Verge writer Barbara Krasnoff did mention that they plan to make recommendations after they've had some time to test out some of those alternatives. So I'll be staying tuned for that as well. Number five, Microsoft made an announcement that has me wanting to switch the default browser on my daughter's tablet. And that is after being a staunch Safari user for, well, it has been a long time. Microsoft Edge will be adding a kids mode that will allow for more security for your little ones as they search the web. Because take it from me, I started out with hiding the YouTube app in a folder on a back screen. Then I deleted the app, and my daughter found her way there anyway, both via web browser and by clicking through a supposed safe mode on Storyline Online. Well, once she learned how to navigate that and got really good at spelling, she was able to simply open up the browser and search for what she wanted to watch. On this new kids mode for Microsoft Edge, there's an allow list controlled by parents, so you can really fine-tune what your kiddo can view. I wish that YouTube Kids was as intuitive, but the sad truth is that it's just not. I'll have to play around with this a little bit and see how it goes. But one nice thing is that there are custom browser themes to make the experience a little more fun and perhaps distract from a familiar browser during the time of transition. Like I said, we'll see. But if you're looking for more ways to have better control over your child's online experience, this is certainly a good starting point. And now for this week's bonus, let's talk emojis, those little images you either totally love or love to hate. I'm 100%, yes, red emoji 100% team love emoji. And there are 217 new emojis coming to iPhone with iOS 14.5, and I'm super excited. I love the little nuances that each platform puts on the Unicode symbols. That's the coding that the emojis are based on. For example, an update coming to the headphones emoji in iOS 14.5 They've been redesigned to match the design of the admittedly pricey AirPods Max. In the early days, that emoji was an earbud. Then it switched to the black over-ear version we currently have. Emojis are updated as times change. Take, for instance, the syringe emoji that was recently added. It was filled with blood. In the update, it will be filled with clear liquid, like a vaccine, to reflect the current pandemic and conversations around vaccination. New emojis include a heart on fire, a face with spiral eyes and a wavy mouth, and the ability to customize couples with a heart in between or sharing a kiss, so that's fun. 
We'll be linking to an article on that in the episode notes, so check it out and let me know if you're an emoji aficionado like me. And with that, we are at the end of another episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. We will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Brianna Lowe. Artwork by Nick Smith.